when you got that feedback, which hurts in the moment, uh, it usually hurts, just means it's outside of my own view of myself. Um, or like the, 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 uh, the space that I give myself to be as complex that I am, you know, I can be a big gift to people and I can be a selfish prick that that takes courage to go find out, uh, even if it's like quote unquote bad news, it takes a lot of courage to do that. And that's you. And that's you actually being what I hear you saying, you're calling people into being, which is to be curious and to have this growth mindset. That's an opportunity to get a return on pain. Most people are going to run from pain and not want to get a return. But if I go learn something, I've got a huge return. I haven't wasted the pain. Are you willing to see the actual impact you are having with the people on your team? Well, my friend, it's time to take off those rose-colored glasses. Hello, my friends. My name is Chad, and this is the Naked Leadership Podcast, high-stakes conversations for relentless company founders. My co-hosts and I have over six decades of combined experience in leadership coaching, and this podcast is where we explore it all. There is no conversation too risky. This week, Adrian, Dan, and I sit down with Nisha Hi. Nisha is the founder of a successful and very niche accounting firm. Yes, like all other CPAs, she supports company founders as they navigate the ever-daunting world of finance and fiscal health for their organization, but she does it with an intentional twist. We talk a bit about that twist in this conversation. I must warn you though, this is not a conversation just about finances. In fact, it's very little bit about finances, but a deep dive into the messiness of being a company founder with a vision that drives you to the lengths you didn't even know existed and you probably didn't believe that you had it in you to go those lengths. We explore one of Nisha's greatest mistakes in her leadership that resulted in losing two of her team members. When we have guests on this podcast, I have zero interest in this being a nicely packaged conversation about how they went through some challenges, but now everything is perfect. Rainbows, unicorns, and sunshine. I'm only interested in the real and authentic experience of being a company founder, which is making mistakes, learning from those mistakes and getting up again. Don't worry, at the end of the conversation, she does give insight to the most common mistakes she sees founders make in their corporate finances. So you'll want to stay tuned for that as well. Let's dive in. Adrian, Dan, it's so good to be with you today. Yeah, so glad to be here. Great to be back. I'm so excited for our conversation today. We have a very special guest. This has been a long time coming, Uh I believe. Um, Nisha, it's so good to have you on the podcast. Thank you for being here. And I am honored and I just feel so blessed. So thank you for having me. Really. Of of course. The honor is ours. You know, it's it's fun because uh, Nisha and I went through the same Revenant together last wow. year, last uh, June. We did. And um, that was a fun time. <laughs> we made some discoveries together, didn't we? We did. Mm-hmm. And I think we developed, it, it's funny, you are bonded with the people in that room for life. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's true. Yeah. And for That's people, may, maybe if the, this happens to be your first time listening to the Naked Leadership Podcast, the Revenants are like our four-day personal leadership accelerant process. It only happens three to four, you know, two between two and four times a year. So anyway, that's what they're describing. It's this four. It's this boot camp for the soul. I call it. Um, anyway, so these two were together in that. Amazing. I was going to leave it a top secret, like a like a. Okay. Erase know. everything I just said. <laughs> Never mind. You have you no can't, idea what we're talking you about. You don't, know, you don't know what it is and you can't come. <laughs> Do the Willy Wonka. Do the Willy Wonka. Strike that, reverse it. <laughs> That's right. So let's dive in. I want to utilize all of uh, all the time we have with you, Nisha. There's so much to get to. 
I want to, if you would just take a minute right at the top of the conversation and just give a little bit about yourself. Who are you? What are you up to? What do you believe in? Um, it, anything that uh, is is valuable or pertinent that you think we should understand? Yeah, thank you. Uh, Nisha Pai here at, based in Charlotte, North Carolina. I own a uh, small CPA practice, which was ahead of its time. Um, 12 years ago, I founded it. And I founded it based on um, a remote workforce, which really wasn't popular back then, and uh, to hire stay-at-home moms or women, really to support women. And uh, so I I left uh, a boss. Uh, I was 40 years old, and I walked out on a job and a boss who told me uh, I wasn't good enough to get the raise that I came in to get uh, because I had a mom gap in my resume. And I remember that day clearly. And I quit on the spot, kind of a Jerry Maguire moment. Um, And I walked out thinking, all right, I'm going to do this on my own. But if I'm going to do this on my own, I want it to be really big. And what I mean by big is not just monetarily, but I want to leave a big impact. Uh And so I came out here believing in several things. One is that our purpose on this earth is to make an impact. It is to serve. Um, it is to walk in our purpose. And also it is our responsibility as people or even especially as leaders to be uh, emotionally intelligent, to constantly be doing the work. And uh-huh. so that's what I've been doing over the last 12 years to build this practice and to to go for my dreams. I'm a big dreamer. So this, there's so much interesting there already. So you yes, say, I know, I you get say it. Seven it was questions. ahead. It was ahead of its time. Why do you say that? Because I had. So I'm in the I'm in the South. So I need to give context here. I'm in the good old boy network of the South. And when I left my firm, I really couldn't afford an office. Right? I couldn't. That that was the reason I became remote. Um, I was a single mom. And I said, okay, well, I've got to do this remotely from home. And so I created a, a remote work environment and hired people in this remote work, work environment. And I had colleagues, older white male CPA, you know, that whole stigma that I had colleagues laugh at me. I had colleagues um, actually make fun of me, right? They didn't understand what I was doing. Uh, they didn't understand the niche I was in. They didn't understand how I was remote. They thought it was a weird concept. And so it was un- It was not popular. It was unheard of here. And so that's kind of what I mean by that. So you were COVID before COVID was cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So when COVID <laughs> hit, I turned around to the firms and I said, y'all need some help, maybe some guidance, <sighs> you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Thank you. Yeah, so- I'm just picturing you, you know, leaving the firm with two birds in the air. Were there two birds in the air when you were leaving? You know, flipping people off. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, interesting. You know, I, I, I have two sides of my brain. So one was like, what the fuck did you just do? Can I say that? What the hell did you just do? I'm like, what did Shake you just do? Too. Like, I'm shaking myself. You know, I walked out on a job. I have a mortgage. I have a kid. And then the other side of me was going. Yeah oh man, like, wouldn't it be cool if you had these colors in your logo and oh, like you can totally do this, right? Like, so it was like, it was like both sides of my brain were like, you know, with each other. And, uh, but I walked out knowing two things. I would never want another human. I say man, but human. I would never want another human 
to dictate or limit who I was. And that was the second time that happened in my career. So I was done. When I walked out, I was done. And I said, I'm going to be the person to control or dictate how much money I made, what I did, how I did it. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it interesting? Like if you if you actually decide it's the second one is so, the first one is not even possible. Mm. You know, like if, if I'm committed to yeah. crafting my own path, making my own money, generating my own possibilities, you know, all that, then nobody can ever manipulate or dominate me, whether it's a male or a female or right. your, your dead uncle or whatever, you know, is, is happening. Right. Like nothing, nothing out there can, is, if I make that choice. I was curious about, you said when you left, you knew you wanted to make an impact. Well, how, how did that come about? And I don't know if it was like you're walking out and you're on, on your way to the car. It hits you in that moment or if it was something in that process. But that's a pretty big jump from, oh, shit, I just lost my job to I want to make a big impact. Like those don't necessarily yeah. for everybody. It's, Most people, they don't go together. Especially in your field. Well, that's especially in your possible. field. How many CPAs are saying, <laughs> I want to make an impact? Right. And today's tax day, by the way. Did you file your taxes? Um, you know. Well, you <laughs> tell me. CPA, did we file them? You tell me, Nisha. <laughs> right. Um, okay. So great question because I had watched in my time at that firm and I was there for five years post my mom gap. Uh, I had watched a certain sector of the small business get neglected and they, uh-huh. it was, they were neglected because they weren't the firm's, you know, uh, target client. They weren't bringing enough revenue to them, but it was a very big small business population. And I watched this neglect and I remember having client relationships and them saying like, you know, your manager or your partner like hasn't responded to me or I got this big bill. And so it was this constant complaining from the clients, um, valid complaining that I would hear. And so when I walked out, I said, I'm going to take care of that part of the population. And that's who is going to value me. And that is who I'm going to make an impact with. Claire, well, what were, so to kind of back to Adrian's question, what is the, how do you see yourself making the impact and what is the impact you long to make on, you know, on this audience? Oh God, guys asked like, (laughs) really good questions. Um, The impact I want to make is, is twofold. One is uh, a lot of small business owners um, they're afraid of the number side of their business. They don't understand the number side of their business. Um, and it's something that might be holding them back in business Damn. growth or even self-growth. And I want to empower them, right? I want to empower yeah, them. You've, been, you've actually, you're helping us because we're, like you said, we have a pretty complex revenue model mm-hmm. and being able to understand the numbers and the way we've been keeping the books has been difficult and and really a strain on our accounting department. Well, and you've, you're coming in and really you. helping that. Thank you. Yeah. You know, here's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing these incredibly creative, smart, brilliant, talented businesses and business owners. And then their back offices look like garbage. And I'm like, let's get that to mirror. Well, hold on, Nisha. Hold <laughs> yeah. on. 
I can hold, I can own that. <laughs> I'm not saying any names or any businesses here. I'm saying in general, and yeah, I'm sure. like, of course, of course, I say, let's get yeah, that sure. to mirror the front end, right? The 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 yeah. shiny front, what you're serving, what you're what you're selling, like let's mirror that, and so that's a huge passion for me. Well, yeah. I, I was just um. You know, Allie and I do this Marriage Mondays thing, and yeah, the one we posted it. yesterday, uh, thank you, the one we posted yesterday was a conversation, we field questions from her crew, and one of them was about finances, and we did this thing about finances and talked a little bit about that. Um, at least on my post, most folks have been responding to something I said, which was, finances aren't complicated, the emotions around them are. Bingo. Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. you know, it seems like this, I'd love to... Because there's people that are listening that probably feel a little bit convicted, a little bit squirmy. They might have already turned off the podcast because it got a little too close to home. Like, what is the? If you're still here, hey guys. Um, it, what 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 do you feel like people are thinking to justify that phenomenon? Like, what are they when you meet folks and it's there's got maybe a great service, great business externally, but behind the scenes, it's a shit show. What do you think people are thinking in order to kind of justify that chaos or that, you know, distinction? Yeah, so the excuses are, you know, um, I don't have time. I just, you know, it breaks me out. I'm afraid. And it's like an avoidance almost of, you know, typical. It's it's avoidance of facing something that's scary to them. And it could relate to money is emotional. So it could relate to how they were brought up and raised around money. It could be, did they have the scarcity mindset, you know, um, and yep. so they just don't want to face it. They can't face it. Yeah. 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 Well, so, they, or they can't, or they don't want to be in, in the way that they typically face it. Let right. me slow that down. They don't want to be in the way. They don't want to keep being the way that they normally face it, which is, this is complicated. This is hard. My parents screwed me over. I don't understand. Blah, 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 blah. It won't be that bad. Everybody goes through this. Like there's a handful of conversations that I'm I'm assuming... And I've been in them. You know, it's like I, I get in this way, too. You know, I think probably as a human, I've always just out-earned my spending. That's always been Waller. my goal. Just out-earn, you know. Yeah. And I'm pretty good at that. Just out, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't have to, like, budget things or pay that close attention. I just keep doing what I do and make it rain, baby, and we can go all day long. And Which is like, you know, I don't know. But but my, anyway, it the conversations people are in, they're they're stuck in the way that, like, keep being the way they've been in the combo. Yeah. Tell me about when you engage with them, how do you help them see a new way of seeing? That's awesome. You know, um, similar to what you guys teach or that I learned from your amazing uh, Revenant process and impact series, you know, I say to them, I'm like, you've built something amazing. And do you have yeah. a big vision for what you built? And oftentimes it's like, sure, yeah. You know, I'm like, do you know where you want to go with your business? Okay, well, um, I know you're just out here working hard to just do the business and then die. So it's like, you know, I want to help you. So let's see where the deficits are in your financials and how you're spending money. Are you willing to do that and have a conversation about it? And it comes back with a yes every time because they wouldn't be seeking me. Business was, businesses wouldn't be seeking me unless they wanted the help. Right. And they wanted the advice yeah. and they 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 trusted me to give it to them and to help them. So, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll say to somebody like you're spending too much or you're hurting yourself or 
you know, yeah. you are going against what you said you want. So it's almost like I'm their accountability. Yeah. 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 You're like their touchstone to reality, which they can avoid as long. I mean, you know, I guess I think about the distinction of wants and needs a bunch. Um, Cause you probably, you work with people that want your help. There are a million times more people that need your help. Um, and that's I'm, as a as a way that we we put this out as a service. If if, if folks are listening and thinking, I don't I, I I don't know how it's go. First off, there's plenty of people that are listening right now that are saying, "Oh God, that's me." And if that's you, give Nisha a call. <laughs> if you're thinking, I don't know how good it could get, and I don't know if I have a great strategy, that's also a great place to give Nisha a call. Just explore. You know, explore what's possible and like to, you know, want this to be a transparent conversation. That takes some faith for most people because it's been something that's kind of, I'll take care of it later for a long time. So you'd have to reframe that and say, you know, this, what if this was actually a, a place that gave me security? It gave me a sense of ownership. It gave me a sense of, of groundedness. And I know what's happening on my finances. I know God. that I can make payroll next month. Okay. I know these things. Well, that's going to take a whole different way of being in the conversation. That's why I dig what you're up to, because you're not there just being some kind of nerd in the corner counting shit. <laughs> you actually care about the people. Yes, deeply. And you want their vision to happen. You deeply care. You want their vision. That's the only reason we work with you, because <laughs> you do the whole 360. Like, I know you care about us, um, and we've had some fun engagement before, and, and you know, we're bonded in that way. You care about the person, you care about their vision and like the sustaining of an effective model to make sure that everything's taken care of. That is, I was going to say secondary, and I guess it is. I don't know what you, what do you think about that, but like it is a way to support your vision, which is to support their vision. Yes. That's, oh my God. So what well What are your said. thoughts about that? God, so well said. Okay. When I first engage with somebody, I say to them, listen, I'm here to help you meet your goals which means you agree to allowing me to be straight with you and upfront with you. And it may not be comfortable and it may not be easy, right? Similar to how you guys uh-huh. are in the coaching world. And, yeah. um, and they- Warning, and- disclaimer, disclaimer. <laughs> this is about to get uncomfortable. It comes from love. <laughs> right. And they agree to it. And, you know, um, and we end up having tough conversations just like you guys do with your clients. Um, and it's received well because it's out of love. And I say to them, I'm like, I can't care any more about your business than you do. <laughs> right? I can't care yep. any more about your business than you do. Um, That's a big deal. That's a big yeah. deal. Yeah. Yep. yeah. I know we've always operated on a cash basis and because old school, grew up in an Italian family. I love my numbers. But in the model that we have, there are so many different, you know, we're on, we need to be on a cruel basis, but we didn't understand that. And, and then we had a couple of people trying to put us on it and then we got sour about it and you were very good in helping us rearrange our relationship. We reversed it, because... it and then we're like, whoa, we need to go back to it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, I know for me, it's important because it's the first contact with reality. So if you're going to make any powerful shift, you got to be connected financially to what, which is telling you the value you're adding to the market. And are you hitting the people you think you're hitting and are they liking the dog food? Those these are all questions to get answered in there, and um, it's it's very helpful. I mean, you you really you bring people to 
a sober kind of recognition about here's where you are now. Now you can see how far you are from what you want, where you want to be, or at least on a monetary basis. But I, I'm interested when you speak, because you do a lot of speaking uh, and you do platform speaking. Tell me what the theme is when you when you speak to a group of people, because, you know, Norman says, well, we're going to have Nisha come and, and talk about accounting. And the people are like, is that what they say? Or like, what do you, how do you approach it's, it? It's what funny. do you talk about? It's funny because I do have uh, two sides of my, of my speaking. One is like finance 101 for entrepreneurs and the other is like mindset and, and all the touchy feely stuff. Right. And, uh, but I make it, I make the accounting one fun and I get a lot of great feedback from it. Um, but it's like the theme that combines the two is overcoming its empowerment. It's uh-huh. like, you know, let's, get a fulfilling life let's be let's be empowered in our numbers let's be empowered in our lives um yep. and a lot of it's just overcoming overcoming the fear yes, yeah yeah right overcoming like cognitive stuff like how i'm relating to what i'm up to overcoming like what is it exact what's the most common things you're asking you're working with people to overcome Maybe like overcome their fears, right? The fear yeah. of, of learning their numbers, looking at a balance sheet, looking at a PL, or the fears of, oh, I'm stuck in this job, right? Or or I hate my boss and and well, there are possibilities from that. Like, you know, you don't have to be stuck in your job or yeah. sit and hate your boss, you know. Right. Yeah. So as a founder, you're you're basically working with people to own what they want to have, their vision. Bingo. Got it. There's something that's sticking out to me through all your answers. I mean, we're you're getting a few like financial questions or, you know, how what what are we doing? What do you do for clients that's unique or that sort of stuff? And the pattern I'm knowing noticing, Nisha, is that you always every one of your answers comes back to their way of being. Oh, interesting. How yeah. how they relate to what they like how they relate to their finances and their accounting and all of that sort of that's really interesting to me that's much more interesting to me given our the topic of our podcast leadership that's much more interesting to me than you know do this a b and c and i i'm going to i want to at the end of the our conversation i'm going to give you i want to ask you you know give a couple of those points that you always give you know maybe the most maybe the three most problematic places you see businesses uh, fail at their finances or something like that. I'll, I'll let you decide what that is. Um, but I really want to hear your perspective as a founder. So you have a team, correct? I do. Can you tell us about your team? Life is not fair. It's what you negotiate. Let me say that one more time. Life is not fair. It's what you negotiate. Now that's an interesting thought. If that's true, it means that everything you have in life right now, the possessions, the relationships, the fitness, the mindset, are all a product of your negotiations with others and yourself. And if that's true, wouldn't you want to be very clear on how you negotiate? What's effective and what's ineffective? What your strengths are and what your blind spots are? It is, after all, producing all the results in your life. So here's the deal. We put together a 15 question quiz that you can take in five minutes or less and find out exactly what your negotiation style is. The results of this quiz will give you insight into your strengths and blind spots in negotiation. It will also give you insight in how you can accentuate those strengths 
or compensate for the blind spots. Think for just one second with me all of the conversations you're having in your life. Think about compensation or advancement conversations with people on your team, discussing financial decisions with a partner, or just getting your kids to get their damn shoes on so that you can leave the house. All of these conversations are negotiations. This simple yet powerful tool has the potential to reinvent the way you get what you want in every aspect of life. Go to negotiation.takenewground.com right now or click the link in the description of this episode and find out what negotiation style you embody. You can thank us later. Now back to the show. Well, it's now down to two people. It was six because I hired several along the way. Um, and this is a tough part of of owning a business is is managing people, right? We, You guys have talked a lot about this. Um, and I have two strong people. In fact, one will have been with me for 10 years next month. And I'm like, you guys are unicorns. I'd love to replicate you because if you did, we'd take over the world. Uh Um, and so, uh, I'm out here looking, I'm still looking, I'm always looking, right? Like, so you're hiring, you're hiring, hiring. If anyone's out there listening that knows bookkeeping. Um, and you know, it's tough because I always say if I didn't have a team to manage, and it was just me and I could do all the work, I'd be, I'd, I'd take over the world, right? Because I don't have to sure. worry about managing a team. But I know I'm doing it right. I'm not doing it perfectly, but I know I'm doing it right because I've had these two long-term people who hold me accountable in my leadership, right? So it's always a two-way uh, street. I keep it a two-way street. I'm wondering... Well, what, would, what, what mindset is it that you would say as a founder you are looking for on your team? Like, what sets your culture? Oh, great question. I just had this conversation with a recruiter yesterday. Um, you know, a go-getter, a, a, a curious learner, especially in technology because we're technology-driven. Um, in fact, AI is probably going to take over the accounting industry, right? So I'm like, we have to find ways to set ourselves apart. Um, you know, somebody who can be customer-facing, who um, will go out and try to find the answer before, you know, coming to me and saying, can you help me with this? Like, a self-learner, you know, obviously uh-huh. someone who's technically sound. But, um, uh-huh. you know, all those things of like the biggest thing that comes back to me is just being a self-starter, a go-getter, um, you know, curious, just being curious. You know, they, they, they got to want a challenge. They got to like a challenge. Yes. You want to be high on wants a challenge because people who are high on wants a challenge, they get curious because they know they don't know and they want to find out what's right. next. Like. What's the next step? I always say like a life learner, right? I'm a life learner. Hence why I'm like constantly coming to your awesome workshops and things. Um, I want a life learner. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I heard the other major theme was, and we're talking Harrison lingo because that's where we bake stuff in. But like take uh, take to initiative. Somebody that's going to like on their own, moves forward on their own, likes to be a self-starter, as you said, and sees a problem early, engages it early engages new ways of thinking about it, i.e. curiosity, either from you or from external resources. But that's like, those are big. Totally. Well, yeah. and, 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 and even just to just to off, offer, you know, as, as Dan was saying, you know, as Dan was saying, you're hiring and then you said, anybody that knows finance, let me know. But it's also, it seems like to you, or maybe let me ask a question. Would you rather have someone that had those two characteristics and then you could 
help them learn the finance or someone that's really great at finance and you would help them learn those two characteristics? Oof. I think you could teach finance, but you can't teach those characteristics, right? And that's, uh-huh. what, I'm, that's what I think. I think you well, could that's teach, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I think you can because I think that's sort of, maybe it maybe could be learned, but a lot of it. Well, you know, I don't know. To me, it's like, you know, if you think about it, maturity is expensive. Ooh, maturity is expensive. Oh, yeah. I got to write that one down. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. And, and those who are mature, when I meet somebody who's mature, I wonder, what have they been through? What have they navigated oh. that has stopped those before them? And, and they're able to stand where others turn away, walk, or fold, right? And there's something that they've obviously navigated that has drawn out of them a sense of possibility in the midst of uh, this chaos that they're they're able to continue in the face of the unknown in a way that brings forth what matters most to them. That's not easy, but but when I'm listening to you talk, that's what I hear. Is that? Oh, cool. Yeah. And and I, I know it's not easy to find. I, I we're, we're we talk about this regularly because our work has a lot of heat in it, as you know. There's a lot of you know. <laughs> I know firsthand. <laughs> yeah, and if you fold early, then you're just gonna. The rabbit process is like nothing Adrian said. <laughs> it's an accelerant. I like that. Yeah, like gasoline on a fire. <laughs> yes, a little, little yeah. lighter fluid on that shit. Let's yeah. go. Yeah, so, so, Nisha, no, go ahead, Dan. No, go ahead. I'm done. Yeah, I mean, Dan, what I hear you saying is that you know the challenges that people have faced and overcome or engaged in before they came to you is really valuable. Um, and that maturity comes out of that. And, and I, I think that's a really interesting idea. I, this being the Naked Leadership Podcast, Nisha, I'm, I'm interested to know, you know, is there a time that sticks out to you in your leadership or your company found, being a company founder, where you just missed it? Oh, yeah. I, I was in I was in Austin for South by Southwest at a one of our clients' activations, <laughs> and they did a segment in the evening called Founder Fuck Ups, <laughs> and it was a it was a room full of mostly tech founders, and they all got up and they they told stories about <laughs> moments that they missed it in their leadership, in their company founding, and it was is a really connecting experience. So I I want to. I'd love to hear it if the, anything sticks out oh, to you. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, and I and this is a big thing for me. I am um, a high achiever slash. Um, I have very very high standards for myself, uh, just high standards in general. Hence why I'm probably still single. But I have <laughs> super maybe, high standards. And maybe, I, I, maybe, maybe. Would you, would you like to explore what else is possible in that context? <laughs> You're going to get us all going at once here. I know. We're, 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 we're two days out of a training, so we're pretty oh, peaked up over in. here. It's so like, yeah, I pretty project, tuned in. I project those high standards, okay, on everybody. And I've had to, re- you know, reel myself back. So I've had... Um, Two instances, in fact, in the last two years, maybe in the last year, two years, uh, where I'd made a couple of hires and, um, you know, I trained them like I, I train everybody. And I thought, OK, I trained you off on your own. Go chew. You're ready to go. Don't bother me. Right. Um, and they both like failed miserably. So I had to. And, and not only did they fail miserably, I had to take responsibility for the fact that I didn't train them well enough, potentially, ah. right? 
or I wasn't uh, a good enough support for them, right? And the reason I know this to be true is because both of these people, and the only two people in my history of owning my company, left me with <laughs> really hurtful and sharp words about what a shitty leader I was and how I didn't support women and all the negative things, right? And I just took it. I had to take it. And I was distraught for days. And I went to my leadership team and I said, am I these things? Oh my God, I am these things. Could I be these things? But it was a big slap in the face to me because, you know, my high expectations could have potentially led to, I mean, they probably had some deficiencies themselves, but to have two people in the same year say very similar things to me really was not, was a jolt. Like, whoa, what am I doing or not doing, right, as a leader that is creating these feelings on the other side? What did you discover you in that? With? Yeah. <laughs> Just, you know, throw me a quote. <laughs> I came up with the fact that I need to do a better job of of supporting and, and maybe even vetting, right? Initially vetting, because I tend to give people chances that aren't ready necessarily, but I'm like, oh, I, you know, I'll bring them in and I can help them and I can, I can coach them and mentor them. But then they get in and I'm like, don't bother me. Right. So I learned that I need to spend. <laughs> what, do you think, what, do, what do you think that? What do you think that, what do you think the conversation behind don't bother me is? Ooh, what is the conversation? Um, well, for me, it's like, I have, I have shit to do. I, you can't like, you're, don't distract me. I got to be over here doing this stuff and I'm on a vision and I'm on a mission. And, and what I don't realize is these people are supposed to be helping me with, with my vision and mission. Right. And if they're not successful, then I can't get to that place. And so I'm not sure what the story is. What is the story? Do you know? I have a, I have a question. <laughs> what if, how how could they be a manifestation of your vision? I, it occurs to me you don't see them as the vision because you distinguish between the vision and them. But what if they were the vision? What might show up? Well, they would, ha well, in my opinion, they'd have to be part of the vision because I can't get to my vision without. No, I don't mean part of the vision. Like oh. they are the vision. Oh, they are the vision. Yeah. Like, let's say they are, I... they're your customer. Okay. Now, so the distinction here is they're your customer, not your tool. Oh, they're my customer, not my tool. Ooh. Okay. That... Because it's very easy as an entrepreneur. I don't mean that in any derogatory sense because I know and love you very much. But it, it happens yes. for me as well. Any mm -hmm. entrepreneur, the ability to make somebody a tool is quick because I look beyond them to what I say the vision is, which is more conceptual and, and, and anchored in results rather than in the way I'm relating or, or my relatedness to the people I'm standing with. So that's really what I'm asking. Like If I'm clear about who that I am with them, then that's going to generate a whole new kind, new possibility for both of us, both both the individual and us as a team going forward. Wow. It's a diff yeah. very different interaction. I feel like I'm getting coached here and I don't even know it. <laughs> I, I, uh, you know, it's funny that you say it. it's interesting that you say that because now I'm, I'm thinking about it and I'm like, if I had looked at those two women as uh, my customer in the vision, my interaction with them would have been completely different. It would have been yep. one of nurturing, one of 
hey, let me be patient with you. Let me give you more grace because, you know, we're all in this together in this vision. Well, and the standard could be held high because you get the value of it to them as people and as the vision. Like, this is where we want to get up to. So now you could actually even be harder on the problem and still stand shoulder to shoulder with them. Right. Because you get that this is going to, they're achieving that is going to, it has it has implications way beyond you. Wow! And in, yeah. For your business, in the community, because I do my experience of you is you're committed to making a huge difference. Every time uh-huh. we talk, I get that. Oh yeah. So yeah, for sure. Every time. For sure, but yeah, so, those are yeah. my big two big things that I will not. It was like ooh, ouch! It was like ouch moments, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I've had I've had a few of those. So yeah, <laughs> like I said, maturity is expensive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and I'm I'm excited and not surprised that, you know, when you got that feedback, which hurts um, yeah. in the moment, uh, it usually hurts just means it's outside of my own view of myself. Yeah. Um, or like the the the, uh, the space that I give myself to be as complex that I am is what I really mean. Like, you know, I can be a big gift to people and I can be a selfish prick. And pretty much minute by minute, those are those options are on the table. Like I can like be really kind and loving and steamroll right over people one second later. It's just odd. And I love when you do that. I'm like, <laughs> here he comes. Here Get he all is. The way. Get it all the way. Yeah. Here he is. Watch the, the the brow will tell you where I'm going. Anyway, um, but the um anyway the fact that you would have that moment and then go back to your team and say, hey, have you guys seen me like this? Because that's oh, that, that takes courage to go find out what's so, uh, even if it's like quote unquote bad news. It takes a lot of courage right. to do that, and that's you. And that's you actually being what I hear you saying. You're calling people into being, which is to be curious and to have this growth mindset and to like always be this lifelong learner. Um, and you know that's an opportunity to. I mean, mature. I love Dan's maturity is expensive. Well, that's an opportunity to get a return on pain. Most people are going to run from pain and not want to get a return. But if I go learn something, I've got a huge return. I haven't wasted the pain. Well, you did it right here. Even the way you received my, the possible feedback I gave you, like I said, what if this was it? You were so open to looking where it might be true. Not that it's always true. Not that it's ubiquitous, but that there was this time and here's, oh, wow, I never thought of that. I mean, just your willingness to look is, um, it's, it's, it's inspiring. Awesome. Thank you. It's, re- it's related to impact too. For me, Nisha, as you talk about the impact that you want to make out in the world and with women, you know, we can't, we don't know the impact we're making unless we go and find out. We ask people and we're willing to see what we actually created. Uh-huh. And that's what I, 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 that's what one thing that I'll, I'll also praise you on is that just, it's, it seems so baked into your bones to go find out if you're creating the impact that you say you want to make. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. So what's the, what's the greatest lesson you've learned in your leadership as a founder? Um, to have patience, to give grace, to always be seeking internally. Like how can I go inside? Like I go inside first. How can I improve myself first? Right. As a leader, because I always say this, I say, um, unless you are healed or healing or, uh, you know, doing the work inside, you can't be a good leader, right? Because <laughs> it's like hurt people, hurt people or, or whatnot, right? right. So like, 
I want to continue to do the work inside so that I'm standing strong in leadership and able to lead people. Like, how can how can you lead people if you can't lead yourself? Right up. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I get what you mean by that. And um, how can you lead people? You could just lead them really poorly. Or that, yeah. That's, that's kind of, you know, <laughs> how, how do I lead people? If I don't lead myself, I'm just like generating. I mean, we're all, we're naturally, I think always, uh, but we could test that out. Yeah. Naturally generating outside of ourselves what we're what we're generating internally. I think there's this like, you know, in, this is very permeable existence we've got. Like we are one with what's going on. You know, intention equals impact. Like, um, so if I'm not, and for most, I mean, humanity. I mean, I, all of us, including the guy talking. Like, you know, the inside world is a scary place. Yeah, and, I'm gonna. Well, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was just saying, like, uh, I hear you taking on, I think, the really courageous act, which is, hey, I'm going to make sure I'm looking in the mirror before I go out smacking people around. Let me go ahead and take a look at myself and see how am I complicit? You know, am I doing what I'm calling them to do? Um, And what what can I do? You know, the whole let me own my own shit. Let me take care of. I mean, if I'm a people like to in a therapeutic context, talk about saying on your staying in your lane or staying on your side of the fence. But if it, if, if it's my business, I own the whole block. So whatever's on all over all the fences, that's all mine. Now I'm going to take care of my yard first and then I'm coming into your yard. You know why? Cause your yard's my yard. And that one next to that, that yard's also my yard. So like, but making sure you take care of your yard first, that's what I hear. That's, that's part of the maturity Dan's talking about and to be able to take that on. That's a lifelong venture. It is. And, um, um... yep. That was born out of a nervous breakdown I had seven years ago, what I call my rock bottom uh, years, the desert years. And it resulted in my son, who is, you know, my heart, my entire world, moving out of my house into his father's and he never came back, right? Quote unquote, never came back. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I had that breakdown, it was a result of being an entrepreneur and being a single mom and just like, just, oh. I, I couldn't, you know, I was, I was lashing out at everybody. So much to the point that <laughs> yeah. I drove my own son out of out of my home. And so it was out of that experience of rock bottom that I went on this mission of, okay, I got to fix myself. And I think sometimes people have to get to a rock bottom. I, I don't know, but I feel like sometimes people have to get to a rock bottom before they say, well, whoa, <laughs> you know, what is going on in me? Like, I got to, I got to fix whatever this is. Yeah, this is, you know. Yeah, it's like, like, I don't like what I have and. I'm I'm not going to take it anymore. Right. I'm, I'm I don't do like who I am. Like, who am I? You know. Yeah. 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 All of us on 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 this call can share those moments in our <laughs> own lives, can't we? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh Rock yeah. Bottom. Let's start a church called Rock Bottom. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> the only church I want to go to. That's right. That's amazing. That's, That's awesome. that would be incredible. Yeah. Yep. All right, Nisha, give us the juicy stuff. Uh, as we wrap up this conversation, um, you've been so generous, so open, willing. That's how I've always experienced you. Mm-hmm. Love having conversation with you. What are some of the biggest mistakes you see business owners and company founders make in their finances? Well, number one, not knowing their numbers, right? That's a big one, not knowing their numbers. Uh, number two, uh, not having the right foundation in place. And that foundation equals, you know, having access to a good attorney, a good uh accountant, an insurance broker, like creating a team as you build your foundation. So many business owners want to go from zero to a hundred 
and they're out here already and it's like whoa 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 you know until they get into trouble uh and then they're like oh i need an attorney or i need an accountant um, still not sure so really creating the foundation right i think that you have to start with a solid foundation and i don't uh-huh. see a lot of people they're building their business on sand um but i kind of want to take a second you guys to turn this on you and, and share an experience that just happened as a result please okay as a result of meeting you and knowing you and learning from you i met you guys back in february 2022 at an event you you host the impact series in mm-hmm. nashville i was one of the lucky people who applied and got in and uh i met you there and then i you lit a fire under me you set seeds under me at that and then i wanted more and i came to the revenant process in june of that year and i learned more and the one thing i told dan that really has stuck out with me and has lived with me is uh, when you guys said that you have to have a vision big enough um, to be called through the tra- the pain of transformation, right? The pain of life, uh-huh. the pain yeah. of growth. Yeah. And that always stuck with me. And so when I walked into the impact series and I wrote down my vision, which was really big, it was I want to be a professional speaker. And the holy grail of being a professional speaker, I want to be an international speaker, right? And this was like, over a year ago. And through all of that. I actually remember you. I remember you talking about being an international speaker. Right. When you came out of the training. And, and right. And it was like, it was like, okay, this is way out here. This is like way out here. You know, I'm not like Ali or Oprah or somebody where like I have like no one knows me. So I'm, I need to make myself known and I need to be work. I got to work at it. I got to do the work. I got to keep at it because this is my vision and I'm not giving up. And so, um, you know, I spent the last year working on the craft, pitching, blind pitching, 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 pitching. Not a whole lot of luck. I've gotten some little things around Charlotte, which is great. And I found a conference my cousin told me about in London, a women's conference, the biggest women's conference in London, um, a year ago. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go find who the event planner is. I'm going to pitch. Um, I pitched. I got crickets. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to wait. They probably have their speakers this year. I'm going to wait until the end of the year. So I'm in front of their face. So December comes around, I pitch again and I'm like, dang, you know, crickets. And I'm like, that was stupid because it's the holidays. Who cares about a conference, right? <laughs> and so I was like, okay, <laughs> the year turns, I'm in tax season and I'm like, I'm going to get through tax season and I'm going to go back to this conference and I go to their website and I'm like, oh, they listed their dates for 23. So I'm going to pitch again and I'm going to try it a little differently. Guys, I woke up yesterday morning. Yesterday morning, I woke up to an email response that said, we would love to have you speak to our audience. We think this topic would be great. Send us your bio and and your, your high-res picture. Can't wait to work with you. I literally froze and stared at this email because this was not a possibility for me before I met you. And I want to give uh, you credit uh, where credit is due because you uh, have inspired me and I know the people in that room to have a huge vision and to go for it. And that's and now because of you as being part of my journey, I am going to live out my biggest dream of dreams. Wow. That's so awesome. My biggest that's dream so awesome. of dreams. Like I bypass I bypass the US. I am going straight to the UK. <laughs> Because go, girl, you, go. That's great. You planted Tell the us seed about... in me that there are possibilities and like, who cares? Go for it. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, keep going for it. I think it's also part of your story is like, keep going for it. Like, you know, don't just gesture at it, like be committed to it. And then, okay, that didn't work. Let me go again. Oh, that didn't work. Let me go again. Oh, that didn't work. Let me go again. Um, that's amazing. I can't wait. I mean, uh, what's the, tell us, tell everybody's listening what the conference is. The conference is Karen Brady's Women in Business and Tech. And and I think Karen Brady is a is she's a baroness in the House of Parliament. And then she's also like on The Apprentice UK. And so she's very big on on women in business and pushing uh, the bills forward to help women um, and the pay gap and whatever else is going on over there. So I think this is her fourth year holding this conference, but it's like the biggest conference for women in business, like business ownership, corporate uh, tech Amazing. women. And I get to do a seminar there. I get to do, I mean, I, this is like the Holy grail of dreams and you set the seed in me in impact series in February of 22. And I have not stopped. I have not given up. Mm, that's amazing. That's incredible. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for sharing that Nisha. That's, a, I'm so excited for you. Thank you. I am excited. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. When does it happen? Well, they, when does it happen? When, oh, the conference is in October, mid-October. Got it. Yeah. Cool. I got the email yesterday, which was so timely in having this conversation with you right now. So. Yeah, that's great. Well, it was no mistake that uh, that happened yesterday. And then we also had you on tax day. That's just weird. <laughs> that is weird. <laughs> Nisha, thank you for your generosity and for your presence and openness in this conversation. Uh-huh. I, I have no doubt that. Um, what it what it's like to be in a room with you or what experience you is is relayed in this conversation. You've been so fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for the honor. Thank you. Yeah, we'll link to everything in the show description, but if there's a single place you want people to connect with you or if there's anything you produce that you put out that you want people to check out, tell them. Thank you. Yeah, I actually just came out with my very affordable and accessible Finance 101 course for entrepreneurs because it's so affordable and accessible. I wanted everybody to have access so that they can empower themselves and knowing their numbers. So I'd love to send you the link to that. And um, please do. Yeah, I'm very excited. Okay, we'll link that in the show notes. Thanks, Nisha. Thank you, Nisha. Nisha, you're awesome. See you soon. Bye, everybody. Ciao. Well, my friends, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Naked Leadership Podcast. As a heads up, every Friday we post a Cliff Notes version of that week's conversation with all the highlights in under five minutes. Check that out for a quick and powerful reminder of the principles discussed. I hope this conversation has been valuable to you. If it has, the greatest compliment you could pay us is sharing it with somebody who could use it. Thanks so much for listening and until next week, bye-bye everybody.